National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. A band of Dominican friars have topped bluegrass billboard charts, and it's not the first time. The hillbilly Thomists offer a mixture of original music, some Americana favorites, and beautiful harmonies that never age. And bluegrass music fans are eating it up. The National Catholic Register's Elisa Murphy sat down with Father Thomas Joseph White, Father Simon Teller, and Father Peter Gouch here on Register Radio. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of the National Catholic Register and your host here on Register Radio. And I'm joined by Elisa Murphy, the Register's Managing Editor of Digital Assets. Hello, Elisa. Hi, Jeanette. Great to be here today with you. So, we're always talking about the Hillbilly Thomist in our editorial meetings because somebody here is a huge fan. <laughs> um, I've been a big fan of theirs since they first came on the scene back in 2015. Uh, Father Thomas Joseph White is actually one of the founding members of the Hillbilly Thomas started right in Washington, D.C. at the Dominican House of Studies. Um, and it really just started as kind of, you know, people playing music together. Uh, and lo and behold, they, they put, an, put out an album in 2015. I believe the highest it went was number three on the Bluegrass Billboard charts. Uh, and they're having the same success now. Uh, with their brand new album, Holy Ghost Power. And it was great to talk to Father Thomas Joseph White. He now is at the Angelicum in Rome um, and two other priests that have been part of the group since the beginning. Uh, And it really is just um, a great way for them to relax, but also explore their faith and evangelize in kind of this new era. Um, a lot of the priests are on college campuses. The Dominican House of Studies has their own classes. And then uh, the two others I spoke to, Father Peter Teller, uh, he is at Providence College right in Rhode Island. So imagine you're going to school at Providence College and you're walking your next class and you just happen to see two robed men sitting on the hill with their banjos and a guitar making up the next big hit that is the Hillbilly <laughs> Thomas. So it really is exciting. Because as I spoke to them, they did mention we are friars first, as well as, you know, this band. So they do understand that this is kind of a, a new era of evangelization for them. Of course. And so these are the Dominicans of the Eastern province in the United States. And, and that province is, is called the province of St. Joseph. Um, as you said, they're, they're in several states. Uh, they're in Washington, D.C. What else, where else did you mention? They're, um, they're, so they're in Providence. They, they also, they're also in New York. Yes, yeah, so they're mostly uh, the eastern quadrant of the country. Um, but just as we learned, you know, in 2015 is when the uh, when the band first got together. But that actually was also the inception that year, 2015, of the Thomistic Institute, which we know now um, has been just growing exponentially. They're in over 80 campuses nationwide, uh, including. Uh, CUA right there in Washington, D.C., the Catholic University of America, where Father Aquinas Gilbo, the prior to the Dominican House of Studies, is now the chaplain there on the campus. So it's just a it's a wonderful convergence of um, faith and studies that you see. I think there are some other 
groups that are doing the same, but I just find it fascinating because they're so rooted in philosophy. I think they really are trying to convert hearts and minds through these studies, which is just, and it's just so fascinating. It really is. And I, the music is just, it's amazing. They have people that are, are very high minded, Thomistic experts that like to listen to it, but I'll have you know their biggest listenership right now happens to be young mothers. How many That's mothers that went into homeschooling amid the COVID pandemic and brought this music into their homes and their kids love it too? What better way to evangelize than to have music uh, that comes from a Catholic philosophical perspective, right? Now let's take a listen to your interview to learn more about the band's second CD, uh, Holy Ghost Power. We are thrilled today uh, to have some dear friends with us. It has been only five years since the Hillbilly Thomas took the airwaves by storm with their first debut album, Surprising Everyone, Dominican Friars playing music together soaring to the top of the bluegrass billboard charts. Now they're back with their third album, Holy Ghost Power. We are so grateful to have with us today some dear friends and members of this amazing group, including Father Thomas Joseph White, all the way from Rome. We also have Father Simon Teller and Father Peter Gouch. Good afternoon. How are you all doing? Good, thank you. Very well. Yeah, yeah great, great to be here. Well, it is so great to have you. It's such an exciting week. Father Thomas Joseph White, I know you're uh, live with us from the Angelicum in Rome. Father, can I just ask you, the name of the album, Holy Ghost Power, comes just a few short weeks after Pentecost. Is this just a coincidence? What's behind the name of the album? Well, it's the lead song on the album, and I think it's it's just, uh, a, a, yeah, I think we wanted a, a kind of an unambiguous allusion both to Americana Christian music and also to our kind of unique style of combining Catholic theology with uh, folk music, bluegrass music. I guess uh, Don McLean comes to mind a little bit with American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a reference um, on the album. He gets a reference on the album. Uh-huh. This Wonderful. Song's a little, it's a little different in style from American Pie. Okay. <laughs> it's more like punch-in-your-face style. <laughs> <laughs> now, the Hillbilly Thomas first started at the Dominican House of Studies situated in the presence of the National Shrine to Our Blessed Mother, right in Washington, D.C., uh, also known to some as Little Roma in our nation's capital. I believe, can you tell us about the origin of the band, how it all started? How did the Hillbilly Thomas first get started? Well, I think the beginning was that we started playing music kind of as a, an amusement, you know, for fun, as a way to relax or rest and during fraternal events, sometimes on the weekends. And then a number of members of the band entered who had tremendous musical paths, like Father Gouch and Father Teller, who were here, and Justin Bolger. And they really reconstituted the band at, a, I would say, a high level of uh, expertise of harmonies and settings and solos. And we just started working on more complex routines and music. It was always fun, but it got a little more technical. And then when we decided to do an album, of course, all those kind of professional sentiments came out where we, we the albums are fun to record, but there's also a kind of uh, wonderful seriousness about the professionalism of the people in the band based on their past experience. And so it just formed, you know, organically over time. Father Thomas Joseph White, do you play the banjo? I play the banjo and the steel guitar and the dulcimer. Simon, who's here, plays the fiddle. Peter Gouch plays about five or six instruments on this <laughs> on this album. He plays the mandolin, slide guitar, the harmonica, the guitar, and the piano, to name just a few. 
then we also have you know people who play standing bass. We have a drummer, uh, some guitarists, and so forth. Oh, that's wonderful. And also, we should get to the root of the name, the Hillbilly Thomas. Of course, there is some significance there. Many not familiar with Flannery O'Connor. Father Gouch, can you tell us what's behind the name, the Hillbilly Thomas? Yeah, well, uh, Father Thomas Joseph first came up with the name, I believe. And this was... I mean, it was Austin Lickie. Father Austin Lickie came Lickie up with the name, was, actually. Yeah, and this, this was this was before some of the rest of us who were in the band had, had entered. But, but they were playing music together. And it's a reference to a letter that Flannery O'Connor writes. So in addition to her many short stories and her two novels, she has a collection of wonderful letters. And in, in one of the letters... Uh, she says, you know, everyone who's read my novel Wise Blood thinks I'm a hillbilly nihilist, but actually I'm a hillbilly Thomist. And and a Thomist, of course, is one who follows, you know, is a, a sort of follower of the teaching of St. Thomas Aquinas and his method of theology, his his approach to kind of like sapiential approach to theology as um, really coming to understand God um, and, and everything that God creates. And she loved Thomas Aquinas. She used to read him at night uh, when she was sort of preparing for, for bed and, and would, you know, read some of the Summa each day and make reference to his his work in her letters and in other places. So so she was a lover of St. Thomas Aquinas, who, of course, was a Dominican. So we, too, are lovers of St. Thomas Aquinas, and given her sort of Southern sensibilities and the Southern uh, character of, of some of our music, you know, being kind of from the bluegrass country tradition a bit, um, it, seemed, it seemed a perfect name for, for our group. It's interesting. I first spoke to a few of you when the first album broke in 2017, again, topping the bluegrass billboard charts. I believe it got as high as number three, if not number one, for a short while. And this was when the Thomistic Institute was beginning to really thrive as well. You also now offer a tiny Thomas program, one that might be great for my budding almost three-year-old Annabelle. Of course, you are all steeped in the Summa Theologica, but not many are. Can you give us an idea, if, if someone has not been introduced to St. Thomas Aquinas, what would be the first step in that first introduction? Oh, well, they should go and, and enroll in Aquinas 101 online. There's a program of the Thomistic Institute that gives everybody an introduction to Aquinas in like seven minute video segments with accompanying readings if you want them. They're really accessible. They're very popular. There's millions of viewers. Aquinas 101 has its own website. You can uh, subscribe. Everything is free. It's also got a YouTube channel, so it's easy to find by a simple Google search. And yeah, they have hundreds of videos, and a lot of people get their introduction to Aquinas that way, but it also points you towards things to read. A lot of people uh, imagine St. Thomas Aquinas kind of being intangible in a sense, unreachable, and I feel that the Thomistic Institute and all the work you guys are doing, even with Aquinas 101, is really bridging that gap. And even with the hillbilly Thomas, it makes it, you think, how could a Thomas be a hillbilly? Because you think there is such a, a such a rich, richness and texture. St. Thomas, he's kind of a an anchor right now, I think, in our society, wouldn't you say? Because so many people want to go to logic. They want to go to the knowledge and what you know and facts. And St. Thomas Aquinas did not run away from any of that. That's right. Well, I, I think, think also one of the appeals of or one of the geniuses of St. Thomas is that the truth that he teaches at, at its heart is accessible to everybody because it's rooted in the truth of reality. And that one of the great things about Father Thomas Joseph as a songwriter is that he his songs just speak directly to like the lived experience of someone who's really trying to live out their faith in the life. So there's a great line from Holy Ghost Power that he wrote that it's a hundred channels of nothing on the TV at 10. It's like Diet Coke and original sin. And it it just captures like everybody's had that experience of just feeling bottomed out and, you know, feeling, yeah, like coming to 
feel like where where is the meaning in life and mm-hmm. that i think that the truth of saint thomas that he teaches and of you know of god and the gospel is really common sense in a lot of ways and it's the kind of thing that you know we have we get emails from like theologians who are really excited about the hillbilly thomas and we get a lot of emails from homeschool moms who are really excited about the hillbilly thomas wow that's beautiful it really goes to show the range and the full accessibility and and the real heart, one thing that's unique about this album, it was created in the midst of a pandemic. And you also release an online quarantine sessions where you all are creating music in isolation, really including this beautiful song, Singing Redeeming Love. And what a moment to watch this. As you see all of you playing together, the moment when you all come in listening, waiting to be in harmony together from your separate quarters, your distant cities, all finding the same pulse. And I just thought, what a true testimony to the living Christ just brimming in all of us, just waiting to come out. And I and I think that really touches on what you're saying about the, the core unit of the family and what we're trying to create together as community. I think that's a beautiful observation. I, one thing we find in the in the band is that uh, working together as as brothers in the same religious society where we pray together during the day and break for prayer and also have to, of course, cook together and do the whole production as a team is that it deepens our fraternal life and our sense of our, you know, kind of Christian communion. It's interesting to go from Eucharistic communion into a studio and try to work together on songs that we love and that we want to be creative about and professional about. And that as a kind of just, you know, pure gift of fraternal creativity for the the church and also for our own Dominican life. So we, we feel that very deeply and we're really touched that so many homeschool families have chosen to prioritize the music in their own life, in their own, you know, for their children as a resource for them. Yeah, I mean, it's just really beautiful too how, I mean, some people may have stopped recording or, or working together given the quarantine, given the pandemic, but what a real outlet for all of you, but then also for us as listeners to really sit in and, and experience this in this way. I've heard one of the tracks, Good Tree. Can you tell us a bit about the origin of this song and what inspired it? Well, Father Justin Bolger um, wrote that song, and he is here in Providence with, with Father Simon and, and myself. He's the, the head chaplain in campus ministry here. And, um, and he and I have, have played a lot of music, um, the two of us, since we've both been together in campus ministry this year. And, and so we were sitting down, I guess it wasn't too, too long before we got together to record last summer. Um, and he said he wanted to show me this new song. And so he just had his guitar and it was sort of it was a, a, a per, fairly simple uh, arrangement of the song and uh, but very catchy, you know. And so he we sort of just listened to it a little bit and played around with it a little bit. And and, you know, I said, well, we've got to we've got to record this with everyone, you know. And uh, and so when we all came together to record it, it really grew, you know, I mean, uh, so the the. The version of it that's in that video, which which we put out a few days ago, is uh, a live recording. You know, you're seeing us performing the song sort of uh, as you're hearing it. And so it's it's slightly different audio than the album version, which which really does grow into this really kind of triumphant sounding. I mean, it's this very joyful sounding song, you know, and it's full of both the joy of the gospel. I think this is one of the things I love about this song is that it's full of the joy of the gospel. It's very rich in the way that it uses this imagery from all over scripture about the tree, which is nourished by the living waters and provides shade for the birds of the air. And, you know, but it also is this hope that I want to be this good tree. I mean, the, the refrain of the song is, oh, to be a good tree. Oh, to be a good tree. You know, so it's, it's a it's a beautiful combination, I think, of the joy of the gospel and of the joy of the hope that we have in the grace of Christ who transforms us to be 
good trees, you know, so it's a real uh, testament to his songwriting and also just to the richness of, of the gospel. It is a, a really beautiful song, and I have to say, I own the other two albums, but the first one is definitely my favorite, with so many songs of Americana being shared, but I think my favorite is perhaps a song, I believe written by Father Justin also, I'm Just a Dog for My Lord, is that his song? It is. You know, and that's just a beautiful song. I really love it. I have that album on in the car all the time, and my daughter loves it. And speaking to how many people, just family-wise, it's just a a real heart-filled moment in the car listening to this music uh, in the line, Spreading Fire While I Got Earth, and how you wish, you know, it was already lit, you know, but... Here you are working still, and I just think there's such beauty in that. Can we dig into a little bit why the Dominicans are known as Hounds of the Lord? Absolutely. So the background for that is that apparently Blessed Jane of Osma, the mother of St. Dominic, had a dream right before he was born that there was a dog kicking in her womb, and then she saw in the dream the dog, after it was you know born, so to speak, running around Europe with a torch in its mouth, and this was seen as a prophetic dream of St. Dominic, who would be one of the first mendicant friars traveling from place to place, preaching the gospel, a hound of the Lord, you know, going abroad and bringing the fire of the truth. Now, it's also the case that in Latin, Dominicanus and the word for dog, cane, can kind of be put together. So you have the Lord's dog or Dominicacanes, Dominicus, cane, Dominicus can can form the word Dominicanus, which is also the word for the Dominicans, those who come from St. Dominic. I'm not getting the Latin exactly perfect, but the point is that you have a pun in the language itself of those three words. So amazing. It really is. And just even knowing that song now, it just speaks more loudly. So thank you so much for sharing that, Father Thomas Joseph White. We are here on EWTN Radio. I'm Elisa Murphy on Register Radio, and we're blessed to have some of the members of the amazing Hillbilly Thomas with us, including Father Thomas Joseph White, who just spoke live from Rome. We also have Father Simon Teller, as well as Father Peter Gouch. Now, we are releasing the brand new album, Holy Ghost Power, and it is so very exciting. Now, you also just released tour dates for the old highway tour. I was happy to say, or shall I say relieved, that New York was just added to the lineup. But can you tell us about this tour and what's behind the name for the old highway tour? The, the whole notion of the old highway tour comes from one of the songs on the album, on the old highway, this is a song I wrote, which is sort of a story of a mystical vagrant, for lack of a better term, who is a person who has abandoned his ordinary social responsibilities to travel America uh, and find God. So it's a somewhat zany song, although it has a kind of a, I think, a haunting resonance to it. There's a slight homage, perhaps, to Willie Nelson or Johnny Cash in the album in terms of the style. And Peter has a tremendous uh, solo on the slide guitar in the midst of this 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 piece. So it's a kind of haunting traveling piece about driving west on Highway 66 in America. And so I think the band just spontaneously named the the tour after this idea of, you know, traveling, seeking God, playing music, that kind of thing. And is this your first tour or have you guys toured before? Oh, no, yeah, this, this is our this is our first tour. So we're really excited about this because before a couple or a couple of years ago, you know, before the pandemic, we would play at Appaloosa concert in in Virginia and we would do a couple local shows around DC every once in a while. But we've never really had any sustained public performances. And this is really the first time that we'll be putting on 
true concerts and you know a true concert series a tour so yeah this will be our first tour and we're really excited about it because we can also bring our music to places outside of the dc area which is where the band came together from the Dominican house of studies but like we're going to like you said new york we're going to cleveland to cincinnati to nashville to chicago to pittsburgh and there are a lot of people it's really great to be able to bring our music to the people who love it i believe i read on a press release about the tour as you all eloquently state, a band like none other, the Hillbilly Thomas, remained friars, preachers, even when on the stage. A dynamic that promises to give each show a spiritual itinerary of its own, passing through this world below onto the bright land of that new city lit by the Lamb. Can you speak a little bit about of that kind of witness? Well, I think that especially for our, our last album and this next album, most of the, almost all of the songs are original songs, um, which has given us, I think, some more freedom as preachers to preach with the, the music that, that we perform for people and that we record. Because there, there's some, there's some good things to meditate on in a lot of the Americana standards and some of the ones we chose for our first album were chosen kind of for that, that reason. Um, but to be writing our own songs and performing those now for, for people more has given us, I think, increased number of, of avenues for, for reaching people. And so, the sort of yeah the ability to bring music to people on a tour as a, a certain mode of, of preaching really i mean like like you know you're saying i mean we, we do remain friars preachers even when we're on stage it, it is really exciting to be able to both you know bring the music that that we're really excited about to people but um but to preach to them i mean that's that's what we're that's what we're called to do I mean, it's, it's said of saint dominic um that that he always spoke to god or about god and he encouraged his brothers to do the same. So as much fun as the music is, it also we, we intend it to be spiritually edifying for people and, and helpful. And, you know, we're hoping that the tour will be a, an occasion for us to be able to do that uh, through the music. It's interesting uh, to just note that a big theme of the Pope's last papal document was a, f- a focus on liturgy. How do you think the mission of the Hillbilly Thomas may help draw attention to the importance of music in our own lives as well as even at Mass? Yeah, I think that, um, I think that like Father Peter said, that our music is always, it's a pre, you know, it's a preaching ministry of our province of the Dominican province, St. Joseph. And that one of the great things about this preaching ministry through music is that it shows the different ways in which music can function within the Christian life. And that, that there is a way, you know, music, there's music that we use in our formal liturgical worship, but there's also ways in which we just sing to praise the Lord. There's music that functions within the Christian life outside of the liturgy. And I think that that's where definitely in our Dominican tradition, that's where we place the hillbilly Thomas kind of music where, you know, it's came from our fraternal life of playing music together, you know, in the recreation room. And I think we really bring it into other people's, you know, living rooms and into their hearts in that way. Yeah, it's really, really just a true testament to all of the faculties and all of the things we have at our fingertips to transmit the gospel, the joy of the gospel to so many. And as as you all know, here, of course, in, in this country, the United States, Roe v. Wade was just reversed. We have the country here half celebrating, half mourning or worse, vandalizing Catholic churches as well as pro-life pregnancy centers. We are a bit fractured at the moment in our own country. And, you know, just this past weekend, I watched as the fireworks uh, went off over New York on the 4th. Everyone gathering, remembering our nation. And it's really amazing to consider, you know, they were playing a lot of the old military songs and a lot of the old, old tiny songs that were some of the first of our nation. And it really goes to show how 
how music has become a vital role in our lives and in the building of community. And I really think your music and what you guys do is a true testimony to that. And also, can you speak a bit about the role of improvisation in your music? Because you all find the same pulse, but it might take a few seconds to get there. Well, look, I mean, when you play music together, the creativity of one person spurns the creativity of another. And one of the things that's obvious about this whole process for us is that when we bring material, whether it's songs or solos or ideas about how to recreate past, starting to discover a way of pre presenting it, you can find the complementarity leaping out of another person's creative imagination and then taking the thing further. And so the, the compilation of everyone playing together is far more profound and rich than any singular effort. But I think that that's true in general about cooperation among human beings in creative and political life. So, you know, inviting people to collaborate with the Catholic mission in the Catholic Church and inviting people in the broader culture to collaborate in the renewal of culture is a key theme in our own Catholic lives. And music is a way that you can go beyond some of the normal frontiers of conversation about morality, politics and religion and enter into another kind of conversation, another kind of collaboration around the enjoyment of beauty and the celebration of life that's embodied in human music. Yes, well, I hope everyone takes that opportunity this summer. As you all are touring, the old highway tour kicks off this summer. And make sure to pick up the new Hillbilly Thomas album out July 7th, Holy Ghost Power. Father Thomas Joseph White, such a pleasure to chat with you, as well as Father Simon Teller and Father Peter Gouch. I really appreciate your time, and and I really think that that music, that it's such a, a the sound, the the bluegrass style. There's so many things that are so unique about it, and you guys should just know how much it really does carry so many when when they're when you know through through moments and also in moments of celebration. So thank you so much, honestly. Well, thanks for saying that. That yeah, that means a lot, Alyssa. Thank you. To read a transcript of Elisa Murphy's conversation with the hillbilly Thomist, go to ncregister.com and look for "Rocking Out with Dominican Friars." And remember, there's a lot more news, analysis, and commentary at the National Catholic Register, so please go to ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. For Elisa Murphy and our producer, Jeff Burson, I'm Jeanette DeMello. Until next week, God bless you. Bishop James Conley talks about the National Catholic Register. I've been reading the Register for over 40 years, and I can tell people with absolute conviction that it's the best periodical out there. They're honest, they're true, and they give a great perspective. It's important to be able to have a news source like the National Catholic Register where we can go to and make sense and decipher what's going on around us. It also engages the imagination. If you really want to be an informed Catholic, you got to read the National Catholic Register. To get six free issues, order online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. That's ncregister.com forward slash radio or 800-421-3230 and mention code radio. While you're waiting on your first issue, be sure to enjoy our content online. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully.